This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Drop your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, for just a few moments tonight. I want to bring you a message entitled, uh, and you'll notice there's a blank there, uh, I am. There's a blank that you see that I'll help you fill that in in just a moment. Does anybody feel like you have a very unique name? Like there's probably nobody else around that has your name. What what, what is that? Psalms? Okay. Jalen? We got another one right over here? Jaylene, okay, all right. I was close, but I was you give me a little bit of a break there. I, I, I thought that that's awful close. All right. You're like, everybody thinks it's Jalen. All right, anybody, anything? We had a family in our church, that grandson born today. And I'm assuming they're gladiator fans. Maximus. That was awesome. I mean, I'm really excited for him. Maximus. Inspiring. Anybody else? Unique name? Anybody feel like they have a unique name? Yes. Well, you're unique to God. There's only one of you on the planet. Amen. All right. All right. Well, I mean, nobody else? Okay. But does anybody else have a problem that people don't understand when you say your name? I mean, I get that all the time. I'm like, I'm a communicator. That's what I do. How do you not get my name? Is there Dan here? I mean, every time I go to get a coffee, Dan? No, Dan. You know, I get this one, Dawn. Like, do I look like Dawn to you? Does anything look sunny and bright about this? You know what I'm saying? I don't, Dawn. Where's that coming from? How about how about this? Are you ready? I I get uh uh I mean John a lot, John. Yeah, okay. Any Johns in the room? Johns? Yeah, I got a few Johns. Get that a lot. I've stolen your coffee a few times, John. All right? All right. But the one I tend to get more than anything nowadays is Juan. And I'm sitting there going, okay. I got a little darker complexion. I get it, you know. I am Native American. I can see that, you know. I was, I was at the Tijuana border one time, and the guards at the border said, you don't look like you deserve to go across. I said, excuse me? But I've learned that if they say one, they're talking to me. So I'm now I'm like, oh, a key. <laughs> I'm over here, you know. I mean, nobody is one. Yeah, yeah, you know. And there I get my coffee. And, you know, I got a little offended at first because I'm like, why can't people understand my name? Don Allen. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, Don's pretty short, (laughs) kind of three letters. It's a simple name. Goes along with a whole lot of heritage. That Allen on the end of it carries a lot 
I was thrilled when I found up in the uh, uh, the, the Scottish Museum up in the highlands of uh, North Carolina when I found that the Cherokees there in that region, uh, the Allen name and the the uh, their colors and that you know that they would their little guy skirts would you know the kilts and would have been and all and and, and I mean, it carries a heritage, a thick heritage. But one day I was I was in Cumming, Georgia at a building supply store, which I don't frequent often. I walk into this building supply. I said, hey, this is what we're looking for. And it said some kind of other comment. And this man spins around on his stool, jumps up and says, you're an Allen. I thought, well, obviously my dad's been in here. He's always in building supply places. Certainly dad's been here. I said, you know my dad? He said, well, I, I mean, you don't look old enough to, for him to be your dad. He said, I know Charles Allen. And that's my grandfather. From an hour and a half away, just a farmer that not a lot of people knew. And he, I said, well, how did you know that? I mean, do, do I favor him? And they said, the minute you opened your mouth, you sounded just like him. You see, our family names and heritages, they chase us sometimes, whether we know it or not. So I want you to keep in mind, what, just, just say, just not, you don't have to say your middle name if you don't want people to know, but say your first and last name. Say it out loud. Say it. Okay. i think about that for just a moment. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 7 says this. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Now, this is not the message that I want to preach, but I want to stop there for just a moment and say, you may be more like the spiritual leaders of your life and the way you worship than you know. There may have been leaders who taught you things that you, you wish you'd never been taught. They may have illustrated forms of worship that maybe that you, that you didn't know why people did what they did, you know? I mean, I, there's a story that my pastor always tells about uh, watching this, this, this preacher. He was a great homiletics teacher, so he taught preachers how to preach. And in this particular room, he, when he would teach, he was a fiery, well-known speaker, and he had this, this just ton of hair, you know, just, just, just makes you sick, kind of, you know, just... At least us ball guys, you know what I'm saying? You know, we have to repent. And after he's done preaching, when he throws a good point out there, he always goes, flips his hair back. All of his young disciples, are you ready for this? They throw out a good point, they're preaching, people go, woo, and they go, you know what? Even the ones with my hairline, it's not going anywhere, okay? Because we mimic those that go before us more than we know. We learn more from them, and sometimes it's good. I'm thankful for the people who taught my parents how to worship, who then taught me how to worship, and then I had to then step in to learn how to take that to the next level for myself and become who I... It's it's important to have people in your life that are healthy spiritually because you're going to bear the mark of their names more than you know. See, now the next verse is this. Jesus Christ is the same, help me with this, when? 
yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to take verse 8, and we're going to take it in a way that I've never preached this verse before. Verse 9, so do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Okay? Be careful. I think that has to be a great strength that, that, that we don't ride the different trends that come into the church world and the sense of doctrine that, that we're not trying to be this one time. Bill Hybels said this. Bill Hybels, and, and you, many of you don't know who Bill Hybels is, but he created a great church and, and had a horrible fall, but he said this. He created a thing called the seeker-sensitive movement. And when... It came down to his retirement. He said these words. He said, I fear that I have created the greatest travesty to ever face the church. Because I taught people to seek people instead of teaching people how to seek God. And that, that hit home. And you see, when we follow all of these trends and we try to lose who we are, and the reality is you are more the namesakes of your life than you will ever know. And sometimes that's not great. Sometimes as much as we're proud of our ancestry, we have some pain associated with our names. Can anybody give me an amen for that at all? Listen to me. Your strength doesn't come from who you are. But your strength comes from God's grace. It doesn't come from our... And you've got to understand, I'm not taking this out of context, but he's, he's writing to them. He said, it doesn't come with a lot of rules about food, which don't, uh, which don't help those. In, in other words, it's saying, it's saying listen... It's not about all of these other things that you try to make it about. It's really about who you are and who you're becoming. And, and I'm trying to tell you tonight that who you're becoming really has a lot to do with the influences on your life. I find myself a better man after I'm in the presence of certain individuals. I find myself growing and becoming and, and, and striving to be better. Some of you challenge me. I remember as a young pastor, there was a man in our church. I had to make up my mind. I will either outrun him or he will outrun me. So I dove into the word as fast as I could and as deep as I could because I was determined I cannot lead if I'm not in the forefront. It challenged me. I'll ever be grateful for that. This is important. Let's look at verse 8 in a different way than we've ever looked at. We always say Jesus Christ. In other words, we have the, he's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today. He'll be the same God tomorrow. But I want to take those three words for just a moment. Let's look at that verse. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Who we're becoming has a lot to do with these three words. It has a lot to do where God's trying to take you so many times is hampered by yesterday. So many times, if I tell you you can do something great for God, your yesterday rises up. But you don't know this about me. Well, I always love to stop at this point and say, if you knew half of what everybody around you has been through, you might want to move. 
You know, I had a one of our part of our Bible schools that we teach some about how to give to witness and they run testimonies. And and I'm shocked by some of the testimonies, not in a negative way. I mean, you can't you, you the, the debauchery that people have confessed in my pastoral office over 30 years, it, it's rare that anybody would shock me. But I remember one that really shook my life. A woman, she worked so faithfully, hardworking, loved God, loved her family. And her husband was, was up on a roof one day, and he said the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, check your safety belt. And he said, no, I got it. The Lord spoke to him again and said, check your safety belt. He said, no, I've got it. And the next thing you knew, he woke up paralyzed in the hospital. My heart just broke for them. But when I read her testimony, it shook me all the more. These were the words of her testimony. I was a young girl whose father became paralyzed. So I grew up the sole caregiver of my paralyzed father. Imagine how my world crashed down when all of a sudden my husband became paralyzed. She said, the only reason I married when I did and how I did was to escape from a paralyzed man, and now I'm married to one. You see, the decision she had made in her yesterday somehow was now affecting her today, and in the desperateness of her testimony, I saw her worried about what tomorrow held. This is important. So, as I was seeking God, I wanted to go another direction for tonight, but felt that this was the direction we needed to go. I want to give you three different ways to look at these, these words for just a moment. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or forever, excuse me, we want to say, because tomorrow is forever, but listen to this. When we speak of yesterday, this is the question that needs to go with it. So what? We'll get back to this in a moment. But so what? My goodness. So what? We all have passed. Today, now what? Now what? Forever. What if? What if? So, yesterday, so what? Today, now what? Forever, what if. Let's go back through those tonight. Yesterday, so what? So if yesterday, if we're reflecting on yesterday, the question then has to be, so what? You know, my whole life, with the exception of this moment, is yesterday. It's past. It's over. With the exception of right now, every moment that I've ever lived is behind me. It's back there, somewhere, sometimes wanting to show its ugly head. But the reality is most of us do have parts of our past that we wish we could forget. Can I get an amen for that? There are some of us who had some glory days in the past that we wish we could live again. Let me go ahead and tell you, you probably don't fit in those same outfit anymore as you did back then. (laughs) Come on. You 
Probably, you know, when my son came of age, I, I, I got him a Mustang. I'd had a Mustang as my first car. I got him a, an older Mustang as his first car. And I want you to know, I, I was just thinking about how much fun it was to climb in that Mustang as a young man, let my hair blow in the wind. Well, we know part of it didn't happen. When I finally managed to get in that low-sitting car, it drove great. But do you know you can feel every bump on the road? Like, give me a luxury air ride, please. I need something that I'm not feeling every piece of gravel we run over. I don't care how great the day... I'm going to date myself right here. I don't care how great it was to cruise Tri-County Plaza or Jesse Jewel Park. Come on now. Amen. I don't care how great the day it was back in the day. It is not something to go back to because it's not what we think it was. And I am quite frankly tired of, as a pastor of people who glorify the things that tried to destroy their life, talking about in the good old days, I used to do this, and they, they list a list like you ought to be impressed by how bad they were. Can I tell you what a, be a better testimony is? Is I may have been bad, but look what God has done now, and look what's in store for me. Amen. You know, there's a good and bad behind us. I don't know that I really like us looking at it like that. When you reflect on the past, what you're doing is putting the bad in its place. And you get to reveal the good, and that's, that's good. But looking back, when you, when you look back, uh, it, it can be so, so dangerous because we forget the pain so quickly. I want to look back in the history of Israel for just a moment. And a point that changed everything. Look at a man by the name of Moses. Moses had a past. Moses was a baby who survived a, a kill order by an Egyptian pharaoh. Some people are marked by what happened to them as a child. Moses was brought up and trained in Pharaoh's house. He became a leader of the nation. And then in a fit of anger when he was about 40... He killed a guy, and he had to run for his life and ended up for the next 40 years following sheep in the desert. We come over to Exodus, the third chapter, and we realize something, that he had had a burning bush experience here, literally. And he goes into the desert, and there's this bush that's on fire, and, and there's this moment that is not being consumed. And in that moment, all of a sudden, a voice comes from the bush, and as we, as we see, uh, it literally calls to him, and, and he's, it says to him, go and save a nation, and, and, and later that you're going to give them these commandments, and you're going to teach them my ways. And he was a lawgiver, and, and interestingly enough, in all of this, uh, I thought about this, this, this Moses that seems so significant to the history of Israel. Did you know how significant he is to our nation? Last year, very early on, or was it the end of the, the year before, I was privileged to go into the congressional area. There were our Congress meets in the Capitol building as I sat there in those seats and looked at the faces all around. There are many faces around the, that area. There are 23 images. And straight, when the, when the Speaker of the House sits and looks forward, straight right in front of them, they see 
the image of Moses, the lawgiver. Moses stares at them, reminding them of the commands of God. I wanted to scream, look up, look up, change the fate of our nation. Look up and remember what God can do. As they sit there looking, I thought about what would have happened if Moses' yesterday had prevented him from believing God for what he wanted to do him, do in him on that day. His yesterday was always at the front of his mind. As he's standing in the front of the, the burning bush, he's mostly speaking about yesterdays. And, and God says, hey, listen, your yesterday is not a disqualifier. I want you to get this tonight. God specializes in forgiveness. He specializes in redemption. He specializes in transformation. He specializes in restoration. Some of you are going, well, what good can God do for me? God can give you what you've always searched for. He can forgive you for the things that nobody else is willing to and nobody else can. He will redeem you. He will transform you. In other words, you're going to, listen, when God gets done with you, you're going to go, who is that and where did you come from? Have you ever been there when you see somebody take something that they restore and you're like, how did you get from there to here? There was a process. Watch this. There was a, anybody like that show like where they re restore stuff on television? You know what I'm talking about? They have to go find the parts. They have to go have it recovered. Uh, they have to repaint it or get the dents out of it. Get all of those things out of it. And then they, when they're done with it, it becomes this beautiful restored piece uh, of what it was created to be. Can I tell you something today? That my God is looking into your life saying, what has the devil stolen from you? And I'm going to bring those parts back into place. I'm going to take everything he's beaten you down with and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to hammer you back into the, the, the order and the creation that I, am I making sense to anybody tonight, that I created you to be? And when I get done with you, people are going to say, my goodness, you look better now than you did years ago. You stand in the mirror trying to convince yourself you look better than you did years ago. Why don't we get on our knees and let God restore us? Come on now. Amen. Sorry, I couldn't help that little addition. You see, there's an exchange that happens between God and man. Now listen, if you ever need in negotiations, there's a couple of good questions here. Moses is talking. And he's just talking with the Lord here at the burning bush. His yesterday is haunting him, but I want you to notice this. The I am that I am is going to give him something that will overwhelm his yesterday. And here's now today for Moses. Now what? Yeah, I know where you were, Moses. I watched you. Who do you think it was that protected you in the river? Who do you think it was that sent the Pharaoh's uh, family down to the water to wash? Who do you think it was that caused you to cry at that moment? Who do you think it was that guarded you across the desert? Who do you think it was that led you just to the right moment to the water? Who do you think it was? Some of you are going, where have you been, God? Where have you been? God said, I was all up in your yesterday. You just weren't looking for me. But if you'll find me today, I will restore your life. Exodus chapter 3, let me read quickly. Uh, I'm getting carried away tonight. 
This is what the word says. He says, now go. The Lord says this. Go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Notice this. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? And who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. Notice that. He said, who am I? God said, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship uh, God at this very mountain. He said, I'm going to bring you right back here where you're going to worship here. I didn't get this when I was studying earlier, but listen to what just dropped in my spirit. God says, I'll take you back to the place that you thought was going to destroy you, and you will worship there. Amen. Just like my God to send a ex-con in to be the preacher in the, in the jail. My God turn things around and the person that was addicted helps others get free. My God that takes a hypocrite and helps them become true Christians. Come on now. My God turns everything around. Goodness, I could get sidetracked. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, well, what's his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Very important. I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. And I know I've taught you this, but say that name, say that blessed holy name, Yahweh. 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 His name is the sound of your breath. He put breath within us so that our breath would constantly admit how much we need him. Teaching of the Jewish people. Let me hurry. No, I'm not going to hurry off with that. Say it again with me. Somebody said it's too holy of a name to mention. No, 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 no. It's too holy before the blood. Now it's holy, but we're just calling Abba Father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Don. And one has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. I want you to notice two quick things here. Moses says, who am I? And you know why I don't know? Because I don't know who you are. Who am I? Who are you? But he says to God, who am I? Let's look at who am I for just a moment tonight. We all are a fusion of people, places, and experiences. I am my yesterday, like we're talking about. 
As you go through your journey of life and hopefully you start going to a higher place, can I get amen for that? I mean, you know that God's called us to be a higher, better image of of who he created us to be. Come on now, than who we are. Are you awake? Yes. Okay. Listen to me. He says, I'm going to help you through your challenges, but you're going to face some new ones. And the new ones are going to have to do with your backstory. You see, there's some rivers that you cross, there's some deserts and some, some swamps and places that you've wandered off the trail, and then you found the way again, and you ponder, how did I end up here and who has it made me? The scars I bear on my body remind me not to do certain things ever again. You see, you have a two parts to your backstory. You have your diary, which is, are the events of your backstory. It's where you record the, this is the calendar of your life. This is what happened at this age. This is what happened at this age. This is what happened at this age on this day. Then you have your journal. And your journal, I believe, is the most important part. Your journal is how you interpret the diary. You see, we have to learn to interpret the things of the diary of our life. This happened to me at 5. This happened to me at 10. This happened to me when they walked out. This happened to me when they said this. This happened to me when I felt this way. This happened to me when this came down in my life. This happened to me this way. What happens is we know when it happened, but it's how we interpret that thing that makes the difference. I believe what I'm telling you tonight. It's how we interpret it that makes the difference. And what we must begin to do is interpret the experiences of our lives through the eyes of the Most High God. And God says, watch this, Jesus was at the same place because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was with us on that day. He's with us now. He he will be with us there. Some of you are going, where were you when I went through that? And a lot of times... He says, I was right there, even though you weren't giving me room to be there. I was right there. Some of you wonder. You say, well, my life's not really a neat story. Well, listen to me. We don't just have a story. We are a story. We are a story that God is still writing, that God is still doing, that God is still making, and God's still trying to reveal. God knows a lot about stories. 42% of our Bible is a story about how God was seeking to redeem mankind from the foundations of the world. Jesus knows your story. You go, well, Jesus, you don't know what I've been through. Well, let me just explain this to you. Uh, You say, say, Jesus, I have scars. Jesus says, I have scars. That's who I am. Jesus knows those scars. He has scars. That's who he is. And he's the great I am who saves me from everything that the scars tried to destroy me with. He wraps his arms around me with his nail-scarred hands and he grips us through all eternity. Why? Because he's bringing us from what scarred us into the moment that says, you might have been scarred there, but look at my scars. They're not holding me back, he says. And your scars don't have to hold you back either. You can move forward. But you don't know what I've been through. No, 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 no. I tell you every week almost, I don't have to know what you've been through. I know one who knows exactly what you've been through and he 
said, I am that I am. I am the God who can heal you, deliver you, and bring you where I've called you to be. Amen. Pastor Don, I'm afraid that my yesterday's going to destroy me. You forget what the word says in Revelation 12 and 11. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It's your story. It's your scars. It's your pain that you say, you know what? In spite of who I was, he's still God. In spite of where I was, he's still able. In spite of what I'm going through now, he's still faithful. And I know what God who says, look back at your past. No. What can I change about it? Nothing. What do I do worrying about tomorrow? Nothing. What matters is what I do right now. And right now I choose to glorify God and say, He's more important than anything I've been through in my life. Amen. That's who you are. It's your story in his hands. Listen to me very, very carefully. Who are you? The Lord Yahweh answers, I am that I am. It's not, notice this, it's not I do that I do. It's I am. But I am. That's most stable when I need to stand firm. I am that I am is most powerful when I feel overwhelmed with my weakness. I am that I am is most cleansing when I look at the stains and scars of my own sin. Here's something I want you to get tonight. When you bring Jesus into your life, He brings his family name along. And his family name is, he's one place he said, who should I say sent me? I am that I am. He said, you tell them I am sent you. So he brings his last name to you. I am. So what is your name? Well, what's your first name? Sarah. Sarah what? I am. Chris what? Chris, I am. Some of you feel like a, you're a warrior when you say that. Come on now. What's your name? You feel that? My goodness. You see, you're not chased by yesterday's family things anymore. Eric, you'll make me look, look at you till you look up. Okay. Well, what's your name? Eric, I am. I just like saying it. Don, I am. So like William Wallace. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Don, I am. <laughs> I like that. Much as I'm thankful for my heritage of my earthly name, look at the heritage of my heavenly father's name. It tells me all the things that you've heard me preach about that, that my parents chose to leave in the past and we haven't had to be bound with, that, that it happened when he gave them his last name. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I had no clue where I was going with this. This is God. Remember my story earlier? Old man sitting on a stool. Not old man sitting on a stool. I walk in, and I start talking. And he turns around and says, you're an Alan. 
You walk in and you start talking. You're an I am. You're an I am. Oh my goodness. A much younger pastor would run and shout and preach right now. I'm just letting it settle in. You're an I am. Come on now. What's your name? I, I just had this image of you, Stephen, if this is okay. And if you don't know Pastor Stephen, he's our youth pastor over at our West Campus. Pastor <laughs> Stephen, I just had this, uh, Stephen, I am. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> yes. When the devil comes to you and goes, who do you think you are? What's, what? No, no, don't, don't lean over. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Chris, I am. Who do you think you are? Got another one. Chris, I am. Chris, I am. Looking for another one right there. <laughs> What's your name up there? Rock solid. Do you get that? I know it seems like I'm belaboring a point, but I want you to get it. When the devil shows up to tell you yesterday's bondages and are going to take you back, you say, no, 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 no. You were dealing with so-and-so, but now I am. Because my father is I am that I am. And he is the only I am that I am. But I get the family name, and my family name begins to align me with who he is. And now you've come to mess with a blood-bought child of the living God who has his name, who bears his... Pastor Don, that's just some whacked out theology. No, let me explain this. That at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. What you ask in my name, you shall receive. When you learn to walk in the power of his name. So you walk into a room, you're going, well, I just don't know. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose when you ask it in my name. So when you walk into the environment, you're not going in. Oh, I just hope, I just hope yesterday doesn't catch up with me. You go, you don't understand. Yesterday I was Don Allen, but today I am Don I am, and I'm a different born again believer. You see, when do you get your name? When you are born. When do you get your new name? When you are born again. When I walk into the room, you go, I'm just not there yet. It does, I didn't say you had to be all the way there yet. Some of you have no clue who you are. I mean, be careful of the emails that say, you're actually my great, 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 so-and-so, and I've got this much money under the mattress just waiting on you. But there, do you know that there's literally people that make fortunes helping people figure out what's theirs because they don't even know who they are? Access that's granted because you know the name. The codexes of our history, my, my, my brother and my dad spent some time with my great aunt, and she mentioned a name that is necessary to get into the codexes to go back in the genealogy of our family. This is so important. The name gives you access. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Man, I could just preach just a little longer. I mean, Don I Am is not on my driver's license, but it is on my heart. Tell you a little funny story as I prefer to close it wasn't in my notes, but 
you know, traveling a good bit, I, I, I try to make it as fun as possible because so many people are, are, are grumpy when you get to those um, checkpoints at um, immigration. I just, hey, man, how's it going, you know? And I'll just be honest with you, I put on the most southern accent I can put on at that moment. What y'all been doing, you know? And they all like, this poor dumb guy, he's just, <laughs> you know? And I just have a good talk with them at immigration. One day I was doing that, and this guy looked at me and said, uh, Mr. Allen, you have a good time in Maryland? I said, excuse me? He said, looks like Maryland's looking for you. I said, really? He said, looks like you had a pretty bad weekend in Maryland. I said, well, I don't know. I was eight the last time I was there. He said, what'd you say? I said, I think I was eight. My parents took me to D.C. We went over to Maryland. I was like, I think I was eight. He said, probably not you. I said, probably not. I mean, I don't know what you let me do at eight, but hey, okay. <laughs> Apparently there's a warrant for my arrest in Maryland. But anyways, all right. So I, I realized that the name had something chasing it. But the name that I have and who I am doesn't have anything chasing it. Unless it's one of those publisher's clearinghouse things, you know what I'm saying? Hey, awesome. Nothing chasing it. Your name may have had things chasing it. Gary, I am. It's clean by the blood of the Lamb. So we had, yesterday was, was what? So what? Can't fix it. Can't change it. The day is, what now? Tomorrow is what? What if? <clears throat> what if you stop letting your yesterday direct your today and prevent the tomorrow the great I am has created for you? Mr. Donner, have you just had fun tonight? Yeah. I didn't come in here to deal with any particular sin. You know, when I'm preaching the sin, I preach those black things right there along the balcony so that, that none of you feel like I'm calling you out. But I came in here to remind you of who you are. And that nothing you've done has ruined God's plan. I blew God's plan up. Really? You think his plan is limited to the foresight that to this this point? No, 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 no. We work forward. God has an end in mind. He's working backwards. To move you then to that end. He comes back to where you are. He's already, he's the first and the. Stay with me. I really feel like God gave me this word for you tonight. But you don't know what I did yesterday. So what? Get it under the blood. Get it under the blood. Gee, can I just tell you? Jesus already died for that. What now? 
Get it under the blood. What if I mess up tomorrow? Keep it under the blood. Keep serving God. Because Jesus was with you yesterday. He's with you today. And he's going to be with you tomorrow. The question is, are you going to be with him? That's the question. Are you going to be with him? Now you hit Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the joy of the Lord to be able to stand up here and tell people what I feel is a message from you. Lord, not, not a revival message tonight. Not a rebuke message tonight. But a remember message tonight. Remind these your children whose they are, where you found them and where you're taking them is all part of your plan. We may have went places that we should not have gone, but you were still there. And Lord, now we are in your house tonight, hungry to become who you've called us to be now, to fall in love with a real God and to do it now. every head bowed for just a moment and every eye closed we've had fun tonight I, I've really tried to take a lighter approach to this and I didn't mean any disrespect but I just felt like sometimes we need to just be family but if you're here tonight and you say Pastor Don God's speaking to me in this I, I want to see your hand I just want you to hold it up high people all over this room thank you thank you put those down listening for the Holy Spirit for just a moment tonight as we obey Him. Those of you that lifted your hands and those of you that didn't, I want you just to take your hands and turn them up toward heaven right in front of you. Just turn them up toward heaven. Our hands are so symbolic in Scripture that they become, Scripture says they're stained with our sins. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we lift up holy hands before him. Lord, tonight, you see all of the things that have chased us and all the things we worry about. But Lord, right now, we thank you that you forgive us. Anyone who repents right now, his act of grace will come upon you. Repent of whatever that is in your yesterday. Pastor Don, you're, you're simplifying this too much. No, 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 no. You're going to have to serve him today. But right now, we're just dealing with, you can't change what that was. So just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for what that was, whatever that is. You know what it is. Forgive me for that. God, now, let me serve you today. With all my heart, all my soul, with all my strength. Thank you, Heavenly And Lord, we'll trust you with tomorrow because you've trusted us to follow you today.
this, would you conclude this prayer with me this way? Lay your name and your new last name. Don, I am. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. As the Lord spoke to you tonight, amen. God is so good to us. Well, I pray the Lord will bless you. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.